advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. And welcome, everyone, to Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with the man that we know as the shop, the barber shop, the Spider-Man, the Richmond Spider, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL veteran, community leader, and Ambassador Deluxe. Barbershop, it is good to see you again. And we got the guys on the field. We get inching even further and further closer to a 2020 season. Man, I kind of feel like all the anticipation, excitement, the emotion, everything is starting to crescendo. Everything is reaching that peak point. And we just want to see some live football, some guys on the field. I don't think, I mean, I know I don't care. I don't care if we have fans, don't have fans. I just want to see some football, man. And I thought you would bring up my headphones and our headphones here because this uh, edition of Defending the Kingdom is brought to you by Bose Headphones. These are the new 700s, the Bose 700s that really deliver. You know, we're in this work at home uh, protocol that we've been in for the last four months. You need some great headphones for that or to chill, just listen to music or listen to your favorite podcast like Defending the Kingdom. We got folks around the world that uh, listen to this podcast but a big shout out to the folks at Bose. These Bose 700s are taking what Bose does best to another level. And now they're $60 off uh, until August the 23rd. Just go to Bose.com. Bose.com. Do the search. You'll find the 700s and take advantage of this, this special uh, opportunity here for the next several days. But Barbershop, we're going to have our Bose headphones on here. to dis- uh, We're going to dive into something that I get asked about all the time especially since Leray DuVernay-Tardif, the chief starting right guard, the Canadian doctor, has opted out for the 2020 season. And that is defending, let's say, the Prince Warrior, the Warrior Prince, the MVP of last year's NFL and this year's Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes. The next two uh, Defending the Kingdom podcasts, we're going to zero in on that and what the Chiefs do to go to another level, particularly in protecting Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to try to not to give away any secrets or any, um, any, any, any kind of diagram or any kind of blueprint for how to attack our offense. But we want to make sure we bring our fans in close. We want to bring our fans so they know exactly what's going on in the field, how Andy Reid and Coach Enemy are going to protect, set up the offensive line, the running backs, tight ends. Everybody plays a part when you talk about protecting a $400, maybe a $500 million quarterback. Let's go back, though, to last season when I was – and I actually went back and reviewed these videos. Oh, my gosh. In the Baltimore game against the Ravens in that game in late September, 33-28 Chiefs win. He got hit officially eight times, did Mahomes, unofficially another six. Then you look uh, – Detroit got to him a little bit. Indy sacked him four times. Uh, Houston – there was also eight quarterback hits overall in that Indy game, and then Houston had the big sack and strip fumble recovery right before the half. There were just a lot of accumulative hits on Patrick, and I know part of it's his game and just how, uh, you know, how he improvises. Yet, how do they reduce the number of hits? How does he reduce the number of hits in 2020 to make Patrick even more effective than his A++ grade? Well, that's how you take good and make it great and take a great season and make it elite. Find a way to protect that quarterback even more. So there are a few ways to do it. You can protect more people and get less guys out in the route. Or you can move the pocket around. You can move the pocket, have it be a moving pocket, uh, have him roll out, sprint out on the corner. Or it comes out to Patrick just getting rid of the ball faster. 
not waiting, not waiting for that 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 extra step for the receiver to get open. Um, and that comes with that anticipation. The more he works with Tyreek Hill and Zeus and Sammy Watkins and, and, and him and Nicole Hartman all get on the same page. Right now, he only needs about a two-yard window of separation to complete a pass. There's going to be a point where he needs no. He's going he's gonna to be able to be so in tune with those guys' routes. He'll throw it blind even a step sooner than the receiver breaks out his routes because he knows that he's going to have that, that ball right on target, right on the money. And so as he gets more comfortable with working with the same receivers, you'll see him even release the ball quicker, and that's going to reduce some of those hits on the quarterback. I was so proud of Patrick Mahomes last year. Go back to our Defending the Kingdom podcast of a year ago in the spring, because after his 50-touchdown, 5,000-yard uh, MVP performance, getting the Chiefs to their first AFC championship game in forever, you know, we discussed what's the next step, and I mentioned time, score, situation. And we knew that teams would have a year to get ready for him. And we saw teams play a single high, and then they'd, they'd try to rough up the receivers at the line of scrimmage to try to throw his timing off and just have a glimpse of time to pressure him. But I saw Patrick Mahomes last year have a better year in 2019, I thought, even though less stats, because he was grinding through that year. He was patient. He would wait to strike. Think of the Wasp in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl 54 victory. But you can go back and look that he would take what they were giving him, Shop, but then wait to strike because he's like Muhammad Ali to me. He may spar with you in the seventh, eighth, and ninth round, and you think, I'm, a, I'm ahead in points, and then he knocks you out in the 12th or 15th round. To me, he's the Muhammad Ali of the, NBA, uh, the NFL right now. Yeah, he understands that the, the only time the scoreboard matters and when it's all zeros in the time left. If no more times on the clock, that's the only time you need to look up at a scoreboard and have more points than your opponent. At no point the, in the game do you ever feel a sense of, of, of worry or a, a defeated mentality. He's always positive, upbeat. He's expecting that offense every time they touch the field. That series should end up in a touchdown. And that's the kind of excellence you demand from that leadership position as your quarterback. And Pat has been doing that since day one, since he got here. And it's not a make-believe. It's not, it's not a, a arrogance about him. It's how he goes about his every day, expecting excellence from that, not just himself, but everybody in that huddle and basically everybody on the football field with him um, throughout practice. How much do you think Patrick is getting into that role of he knows when to take his shot and when, you know what, I'm going to throw it away here. This is second and seven, and I'm not going to try to force either a pick or a sack. I'll wait till next down and try to do this again because I've seen all the great ones do that, whether it's Manning or down, you know, down through the years, um, Brady and Breeze and others. I see Patrick doing that at a young age, but how much of that is just understanding and knowing the NFL, what they're trying to do to him as countermeasures? As I, as I reflect back, there was one episode of The Shop, right, with LeBron James, and you heard Pat even telling about himself. Even as a young player, he felt that his weakness was figuring out defenses. He was like, everything I've done on this 50-touchdown season, which was his second year, was done without him even having a, a, a true 100% grasp of what defenses was trying to do to him. He was just taking half a defense, a quarter of the defense, and because his arm is so talented, and because he could be so accurate with the ball, he was choosing, like, predetermining where he was going to attack a defense. But as that that understanding about the overall defensive package, half field on one side, zone on the other, man concept, robber concept, like you said, single high, two high safety, and all the different ways he can attack that defense all over the field, that's just going to develop and grow the amount of ways he can attack a defense. 
And so I actually think you might see less times of him actually throwing the ball away because once he discovers what you're doing against him defensively, he's going to know now how many different ways to attack it because he knows the weaknesses in it. That's going to continue to grow as he gets more and more experience on the NFL level going against NFL-level defensive coordinators. And so I see a brighter, even even though with the MVP season, the, the the Super Bowl MVP, now he's got the you know Lombardi Trophy here in Kansas City. There's still a brighter future for his development at the quarterback position, and I think that's why that's what has everybody buzzing here in Kansas City. His intelligence, his toughness, but he also knows he's got to have his village around him in protecting the Warrior Prince. I get asked too about the two opt outs. Uh, with Larray Duvernay-Tardif, the right guard, 45-12 and 12 as a starter in his career. You can't look past that. And then Damian Williams. We know about the run to immortality. Uh, we know about him being crazy good in the playoffs, being a you know playoff Damian. But Damian also had a propensity for pass blocking. And we're going to get into this a little more next week. But I had a chance to sit down, before I get into my discussion with Kasechio Assembly, uh, who's the two-time Pro Bowl uh, guard that the Chiefs just picked up, those two guys opting out, and now the fill-in guys. Let's just talk about it globally. The running backs, there's going to be a lot of guys other than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who have to fill in. It's just the way Andy does stuff. He's done it all his career. But then at the guard position, the challenge there at the right guard position uh, to fill in for LDT. Those two roles, but looking at it, just specifically drilling it down to pass protection by the right guard and what he has to provide and the running back and what he has to provide in protecting Patrick. Well, when the line has to d- determine whether they're going to slide right, slide left, T6, T7, um, all these different terminologies, you know, we have a, you know, being me and Coach Andy Reid probably have about 10 to 20 different blocking concepts they can use depending on who is the greatest threat. And Pat, in between Pat and the center and the, and the two tackles, they get to decide, you know, which package of protections we're going to use this game. And with Pat, because he's so advanced, he can, he can, he can shift mid-course. He doesn't need to go to the sideline and, and, and chalk talk it with the offensive line. We cannot practice a T7, T6, a A6. We don't have to practice it. And he can recall it and ask guys, hey, you get him, you get him. We're going to call it out man big on big. Uh, running backs pick up the backers, and we can just go with it from there. So even mid-drive, he's able to change course in what our, protect, our protection scheme is to suit whatever that defense is trying to do that series. That is another thing that makes him so uh, special is how he can adjust on the fly. Hey, Stephen Curry needed Draymond Green and needed Clay Thompson. I'm not going to call Kalechi Assembly Clay Thompson, but this is an intriguing kid. Iowa State, two-time Pro Bowler with the uh, Oakland Raiders, sorry, uh, and a world champion his rookie year with the Baltimore Ravens. Here's the discussion. I had earlier with Kalecio Semele, the newest Chiefs offensive lineman. Yeah, we're so excited on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. And by the way, we're also excited about Bose headphones. The Bose, phones, phone, uh, Bose headphones 700, uh, right now $60 off the original price. I'm excited about my Bose headphones, but I'm also excited about this young man coming to the Chiefs kingdom. Uh, you Iowa State Cyclones can celebrate now because one of yours is in the red and gold again, but this time the Chiefs red and gold. Kalecio Semele, two-time Pro Bowl guard and offensive lineman. Welcome, my friend, to the Chiefs' kingdom. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. It feels good to be back in the Midwest. And your thoughts when you decided, hey, am I going to sign with these guys or am I not? What made your decision easy for you? 
Uh, it was a no-brainer. Um, I saw what they did the whole season. I uh, saw them put up a lot of points. I wanted to be a part of a high-flying offense like that and obviously uh, playing, playing with Mahomes, uh, Texas guy. You know, I'm a Texas guy myself. So, uh, yeah, I was excited. As, as soon as I got the call, um, as soon as I knew that was an option, it was, it was a no-brainer for me. Fletcher, i got to show you this. Being the voice of the Chiefs now for 27 years, this is my 27th year, if you can't beat them, sign them. You've beat us twice. This is one of them. Your rookie year as a, a Baltimore Raven yeah. as the second-round draft pick, and you did this right. You won a world championship as a rookie. Uh, you started every game that year. That had to be exciting for you. Yeah, that was, that was really exciting, especially coming out of Iowa State. There wasn't a lot of, you know, big-name guys or anything like that, so I kind of felt like that was an opportunity to kind of put the program on the map and, and kind of represent uh, so I really, I really took that upon myself and, and took that very, very seriously. Um, my whole, my entire rookie campaign. So it just felt good to be able to do that and be able to represent, you know? Um, so that felt, that felt amazing. That's how you want to start, right? Start fast. So <laughs> start fast. And here we go again. This is with you as a six year veteran, but now you're a Raider. Okay. <laughs> but you do have two pro bowls I put on there. Uh, but going from the, being a Raider and now a Chief, that dynamic. Um, yeah, I haven't honestly, I haven't thought about that at all. Like, this is the first time I'm even thinking about that. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I remember it just being so loud when we would come here uh, and play um, and just being an explosive, explosive offense and just coming back out on the field like, okay, we got to score again. Like, these guys are scoring pretty fast. Um, so it's kind of nice to be on the other side of that. Uh, to be the side that's going to be scoring fast and have the other uh, have the other side uh, trying to keep up uh, putting points on the board. So, ninety six games, ninety six starts. That's really impressive. And most of them, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like eighty two of them had been at left guard. Um, so, what about your ability to plug right in with this Chiefs offense to be left guard or wherever they ask you to play? Um, I really, I'm not sure. When I got the call initially, they were telling me to be ready to play um, either. So far, I've been playing left. Um, talking to the guys on the offensive line, uh, they're kind of veering for me to play left. Uh, Fisher walked up to me and immediately was like, you're playing next to me because <laughs> he wants to, you know, get some double teams in and stuff like that and, you know, <laughs> be able to drive guys and get the cakes and all that. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, it's, uh, it's not in my hands. It's uh, my offensive line coach. So. Um, he called me and told me to be ready for both right now. I've been taking reps at left, so we'll see. That's kind of Hex mojo, man. That's what he does. He wants everybody to do everything. Or, But it's it's your versatility has been shown because that first card I had with your world title year, when you were playing the regular season, you were playing right tackle, and they shift you to guard. That shows your versatility. Yeah, I never played guard in my life. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous, <laughs> but it worked out. You handled it okay, my friend. Um I have to ask you, though, this is a psychological question because the Chiefs Kingdom wants to know. They get a world championship for the first time in 50 years here. We did. And now trying to repeat, particularly in this wild coronavirus um, environment, your rookie year, you win it. We've already talked about that. The challenges you had when you went into the next year of you guys trying to repeat. Uh, number one was just players, man. We lost some key players. So that was like, that was tough, man. Um, just from a leadership standpoint, we didn't have the same leadership, um, you know, losing, losing Ray Lewis and Bernard Pollard and Ed Reed and everybody like 
So right away, it was just a different team. Um, and then uh, it was just basically trying to overcome that. Like, how, who's going to be the leader now? Who's going to step up? And we didn't really do a good job of that. Um, so I think that's what that's where we kind of fell off our, our next year. From what I've seen right now, though, um, leadership seems strong. I haven't seen the dynamic on the defensive side of the ball yet, but um, in terms of Mahomes and in terms of the guys that are back in this core group, like they're firing on all cylinders um, already. Um, it's like they haven't taken a day to look, not look away from the playbook. Like everybody's been in their playbook and everybody's just like clicking running their routes like there hasn't been any um, missed assignments or anything like that which is actually pretty crazy for how early it is right now because we all just you know got together so uh there's some momentum um you know I'm not the type of person that likes to get um too far ahead of of what's going on but right now it's it's looking pretty good right now well it leads me to the next question because I say this we're defending the kingdom but you're going to have to defend the warrior prince here the MVP, uh, not only the Super Bowl, but the MVP of the league the year prior to that. Mm. Playing what you've – the chance to play with Patrick Mahomes, the importance of protecting Patrick Mahomes and your role is maybe as the starting left guard on this team, what the challenge is for you for that? Um, I'm kind of one of those people where it's, you know, you just do your job no matter what. Like it's uh, one play at a time, one step at a time. Um, you know, that was my mentality my whole rookie year, obviously, it being my first year. And that was my mentality during the Super Bowl. Um, sometimes if you try to make things too big, um, you can lose sight of the small things. So um, it's really just about your technique and your fundamentals and staying locked in. Um, obviously, the job is paramount. Um, uh, it would be understated to say anything less than uh, the fact that him, you know, getting hurt or getting hit or anything like that is pretty much, you know, the end of the season. Like, um, he's a championship caliber player. He's the best player, in my opinion, in the NFL. So it's, it's obvious that that's the most important job, but um, you can't think like that psychologically. Um, your mindset has to be uh, you're locked in every single play. You're doing your job. Um, you're, you're executing your technique and your fundamentals, and, and that everything else takes care of itself. But it's a, it's a very important job, obviously. And with that in mind, one of the things I always love to watch at camp and have and understand how important it is, is you working in concert with your band of brothers on your shoulders here. And Fish has already said, hey, I want you at left guard. I want you on my right shoulder. Working in concert with your tackles. You did an awesome job of this, especially in Oakland. When I would watch to prepare for the Raider games, I was like, man, that guy is just on it. Um, working in concert with both the center and the tackle and how important that is in the next several weeks um, as much as learning this offense? Um, it's, it's very, very important uh, getting that timing in terms of like dragging off the center and having eyes for your tackle just in case somebody spins or there's a blitz coming or anything like that. Um, I take pride in always being there for them, especially for my tackle um, and, and especially for my, my center as well in terms of giving him time uh, to get in front of his nose. But um, a lot of people in the league know that I'm the guy that likes to take somebody out of their cleats if they do go inside. Um, on that inside move. Um, so that's usually why, like, tackles are pretty excited to have me uh, blocking next to them. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm just, I'm just excited about, you know, getting the plays down and being able to do that. You know, it's kind of just like, with me, it's like doing that first thing, dragging off and being there for my center. It's like, okay, that's like my technique, but me getting to take off and, and take somebody's head off potentially is, that's, that's what's fun to me about the game. 
uh, being there for my tackle on an inside move. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, 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 very excited about playing with the guys get his fishes because I know he's going to be that type of dude where he's going to set that up for me, overset on purpose. Um, he's at that level where he can do that. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun. What about this offense? What have you learned about it? Um, I know that they, they, these, they like the offensive lineman to move, whether it's just power on the run game, which you can do very well, or the screen game. Andy Reid is a master of the stinking screen game. What about this offense and your ability to move with that offense? Um, yeah, like it's it's going to be fun. Uh, we we ran a play today where I don't want to give too much away, but there was more than one person pulling, and it was interesting. And there was options attached to that. Like it wasn't just a simple play. Uh, so there's just so many ways that you can beat a defense with this playbook. Um, another thing I'm really excited about is uh, here's another play that we put in, uh, one of the screens. And it was just like the concept of everybody being connected, like the running back has his specific landmark. Um, so the lineman can't be wrong if we exe execute the play, like execute our rules. And I've never really had it where the communication was just so set. Like the rules were just so set. Like everybody knows exactly where they're supposed to be. And if you do your job and you're running right down, uh, you know, the edge of the sidewalk and, and the back's getting the ball at the right timing, it's you, you just can't be wrong and then you just get to cut it loose and it's so cool to be a part of that because then you just you let your athletic ability kind of take over after you take care of your responsibilities and then you're just having fun so um, I'm excited about that with the screen game I'm excited about all the little wrinkles we have um, uh, running some some pool plays and some options off of the pool plays like I've never been a part of an offense like this and I kind of like being on the other side now it's like you kind of see why um, they score so many points so it's pretty cool to see that firsthand. I'll close it out this way. I think your name, does it mean thank God in Nigerian? It does, yeah. It's a, it's an Igbo name, yeah. We're thanking the Lord uh, for you being here. But also, just the, with Tano passing, you'll be in here, and, and, and actually Christian Okoye, you'll meet him, right, the Nigerian nightmare when he played. But just the impact, and I'm excited to see it, of the African continent, of first and second generation from – all over the continent and its impact now on the National Football League. How much pride do you take in that? I take a lot of pride in it. Um, there was already like quite a few guys um, when I came. I wouldn't say quite a few. There was, there was a handful of guys when I came in as a rookie, but now it's like there's a lot of us. And it's, it's pretty cool. Like we all were in a, you know, Instagram group thing and group texting and stuff like that. We all check, it, check on each other, call each other out, keep each other accountable. Um, it's really cool, man. Um, because like where I grew up as an athlete, there wasn't a lot of, um, other Nigerian athletes around me. So, um, it's cool that every team lately that I've been on, there's a few guys, um, and it's cool. And it's interesting too, because it's like our parents never played football. They, they don't even really understand it. They, they, they played soccer. Um, and they understand that they try to push us that direction. Um, you know, but being born here in America and it's such a American game. Um, and that's kind of how you, um, assimilate into the culture as, as a young boy, um, how you make friends and all of that. It's crazy to see that there's so many of us now and it's, it's really cool to see. It's pretty dope. Well, we'll turn your name on you and say, thank the Lord that you're here, buddy. It's awesome to have you in the Chiefs kingdom. Excited to have you part of this team. It's awesome to be here. Um, it's God's plan, obviously, that I'm here, so I'm excited. So obviously, Shop, Kalechi Assembly is excited to be here and protecting 
Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, as he protects one of the, the, the most gifted quarterbacks in the league, he understands, like you said, from being with the, the vaulted uh, Raiders, playing on a Pro Bowl level. So he knows how to motivate himself. He has the talent. And then starting out with a, with a Super Bowl winning championship attitude from the Ravens organization, he knows how to go deep into the playoffs. That's just the type of athlete we want to add to this offensive line. Shop, I love the way you think because I know you're thinking the next step of protecting Patrick Mahomes has nothing to do with the offense. Is that right? Oh, definitely, man. We got a guy like Pat Mahomes. Uh, he's got that arrogance. He has that, that, that it factor. He has what everybody is looking for for their franchise quarterback. There's somebody that plays like a lion each and every week. There's no sheep in this guy. He's not looking to hide. He's not, he's not looking for defenses to let him off. He invites the pressure. He wants the pressure. He wants the spotlight on him because he knows he has the ability to make the play. And that goes back to what we said at the very beginning of this podcast was the fact that you don't want to take that out of him. There are times I'm going to throw this one away. I'm not going to force it into double coverage like Seattle of 18. I'll check it down or throw it to Kelsey or throw it away. But I want to keep that edge of this, you know, maybe the most remarkable guy in the NFL has seen for a generation. So you want to keep that, but you again, you want to make an A-plus guy A-plus-plus. Yeah, if you think about that Tennessee Titan game, what if he threw the ball away instead of running for that touchdown? That would have changed the whole dynamics of the game, um, and, and he's got that attitude. He's trying to score. He's trying to find a way to put this team in the promised land, in the end zone, each and every drive. And sometimes he puts himself at risk, but he's not afraid. He's not scared. He plays lion-hearted. And wait a minute, as we get ready to go into next week's defending Patrick Mahomes, defending the kingdom, de defending the warrior prince, you're telling me maybe the defense could be involved in this. Man, it's going to be tough when other defenses, you know, when they try to attack us, we get up. And now it's time for our defense. What is our defense going to do to help protect Patrick Mahomes? When we're up, it's the third quarter. We have a chance to put the nail in the coffin. You know, we got, we got, we got him by the throat. We got to close the game off. We can't let teams hang around uh, uh, and score late in the game, uh, make it a game, make it closer, because then we got to put Pat back out there and expose him again. So a, 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 a great running game, a solid defense, and being able to put the nail in the coffin early and often when we're up. That's, those are our three keys that I think keeping uh, Pat as healthy as possible for the entire 2020 campaign. We're going to jump into that next week more. We'll get into more of the individual guys that are involved here, particularly possibly filling in at right card or at running back with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and we'll get into how the defense more can help Patrick Mahomes or protect him. And I know, Shop, as we get ready for next week, you like these Bose headphones. I like yours, too. <laughs> but we got to remind everybody that the Defending the Kingdom show podcast brought to you by Bose headphones, the 700s. In this era of working at home, you got to chill at home. Uh, they've gone to a whole new level, 11 levels of noise cancellation. And now, until August 23rd, go to Bose.com. You'll get $60 off the original price of these Bose 700s. He's Sean Barber. He's the shop. He's Spider-Man. I'm Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs Official Podcast Network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.